It had to be you. Is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Pod to Be You, the talk film society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mather, and I am really excited about the episode that I uh, that we're recording right now. It's I've been planning on doing this episode for a few months. Uh, we're talking about the 2010 romantic comedy Band Baja Bharat, starring Anushka Sharma and Ranveer Singh. The film is celebrating its 10th anniversary this week, and I um, really wanted to talk about this movie because it's so... I feel like it's such a um, influential, you know, almost definitive movie in terms of like mainstream Bollywood romantic comedies. Um, it's one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I've watched it, you know, so many times. And, you know, for its special anniversary, I thought, who better to bring on to the podcast than uh, my Twitter friend, Saleha? How are you? Hi, Manish. I am so great and I'm so excited to be here talking to you uh, about one of my favorite films, actually, and uh, sort of a seminal film in a lot of ways, as you said. Um, very, very excited. It's it's wild to me that it's 10 years since Dan Baja Bharat <laughs> released, uh, not least because it's such a, it still feels so fresh. And yeah. So many films, it was sort of ahead of its time in a way because so many films that have come out since then um, and are still coming out, you know, resemble it. I think a lot of the content that is direct direct to streaming or made for streaming platforms resembles Pan Baja Bharat in a lot of in a lot of the generalities of it if not you know the quality um, and I think it's really been sort of um, it's it's been very seminal it's been it's been this film that set a lot of standards and uh, you know sort of set a lot of trends for uh, the film industry uh, at large Exactly, yeah. And not only that, but I, this movie like was a really a star-making movie in ways that I don't think that are that common anymore, or ever or ever were t- totally common. You know, like a movie like this, usually like one of the actors of the two might get a boost from it and have a nice career, but in this movie, really solidified two major stars who have spent the last ten years doing incredible work, both. In front of this, in front of the camera and behind it, you know, Anushka Sharma is now known as not only a brilliant actress but an incredible producer, doing a lot of really interesting stuff. And, um, and I, I mean, yeah, ten years ago, I mean, I can't even like I can't even imagine that this movie is ten years old because, as you say, it feels like it came out yesterday. Like I, me- I remember seeing it in the theater in New York City, you know, in December of 2010, and it feels like so, so, so recent. Um, and also, I think part of the reason for that is that none of the movies that this movie has influenced has really eclipsed it in a meaningful way. Um, and I, I really have a sort of theory, which I kind of teased out on Twitter over the weekend when I was watching the movie, but that I think that a lot of um, the copycats or the you know descendants of Ban Baja Bharat didn't really understand what made this movie so special. I think they took influence in a lot of the more superficial ways, you know, the fast-paced dialogue, the, you know, kind of loud colors and the, you know, um, kind of the the chemistry and stuff. But the actual, like, center of this movie and how it is both a movie about, like, business and a movie about romance... um, and uh, yeah, so do you remember the first time you saw it, or like, what's your history with the film? I have such clear memories of everything related to Ban Baja Bharat because uh, I—it's uh, interesting, you know. We talked about these two big stars that came out of the film. It was Anushka Sharma's, I think, fourth film, uh, but it was Ranveer Singh's first. And I remember seeing uh, the sort of teaser trailer 
for it on TV. I think it had like the like a snippet of the song Tarkibe, which is kind of like the introduction for the two characters. Um, and uh, Ranveer Singh stretching on screen. And like, it was like instant love for me. I was just like, wow, who is this? I'm obsessed. Like he did not have to say anything. And I was like, this this person, this guy is just so, he's it, you know, he's the moment. Mm-hmm. And like I was not prepared for that because I'd seen pictures of Ranveer and you know people had been quite disparaging. They were like, who's this boy? You know, he's not good looking and this and that, you know. They were like, you know, sort of articles here and there on Midday yeah. and Mumbai Mirror and things like that. And you know, uh, Ranveer Kapoor had come out uh, three years ago. Imran uh, Khan had come out two years ago with their films. You know, Ranveer's had flopped but he'd become an instant star and Imran's had become a hit and he'd become an instant star as well but they had sort of set the standard for uh what uh you know the millennial um young hero was supposed to look like very kind of fair-skinned very sort of soft um you know like these like very twinky almost yeah yeah very that like very that like i feel like that very kind of like north indian twink vibes but i feel like ranveer was so not that and he was presented as not that he was very you know i think i think the thing that i think about i think the characters that and the films that um Ban Baja Bharat spawned, uh, I think I always think of them as like the lead characters as Hindi medium characters, you know, the right. protagonists are from Hindi medium schools, right, uh, right. whether they're in Delhi, whether they're in, um, you know, whether they're in Madhya Pradesh or Uttar Pradesh, whether they're in Lucknow or Bareilly, you know, all of them are these characters who are very grounded in a certain kind of what, uh, you know, Desi film writers will call earthiness, you know, right, uh, right. whether they are from a small town or, you know, a bigger city. Ban Baja Bharat is set in Delhi which is an enormous city but it's about a certain kind of Delhi it's about a it's about a certain sort of uh, Delhi milieu you know it's not the same Delhi milieu as in Aisha or uh, Viridi wedding it's a it's right. a very different Delhi and I think that's the Delhi that so many of these films after that have tried to mine with various degrees of success and Ranveer Singh was very steeped in that when we first saw him I didn't know that he was like the South Bombay boy until much later because he fit that space so well and um I think he was the first male star in a long time that I got excited about and that was solidified when I watched the film as well. You know, Anushka Sharma was amazing and spectacular and it's one of her best performances even today. But as you said, Ranveer Singh's performance was star-making in a way that doesn't happen very much anymore, you know, uh, especially in that rom-com space because uh, rom-coms don't happen on the big screen as often anymore. Um, and if they do, they don't have the same kind of univer- universality that Jab mm-hmm. We Met or Ban Baja Bara did. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I totally agree with you that I think Ranveer Singh was very much ahead of his time. He, he was very much a trendsetter. And um, what I find so um, interesting about Ranveer Singh is that he made his name as this kind of character, but he's gone on to play so many varied roles. And you know, from his three movies with Bansali or Sanjeev Lila Bansali are also different. Um, and, you know, Dil Darakneido, of course, and Gully Boy. I mean, he's done so many different things where I feel like even the actors who are, you know, becoming stars now, they kind of stick to their thing. You know, the Karthik Aryans, Aishman Karana, even like Rajkumar Rao, like they have their thing and they're great at it. I mean, give or take, right? But, um, you know, they have their thing and that's that. And but what we are saying, I think, went on to do such a variety of different roles. And I have to admit that when I remember seeing the trailer for this movie in must have been October and November of 2010 and being like, what is this? Like, I have I have like I have zero desire to watch this. Like Anushka Sharma, like, you know, she had debuted with uh, Rabbi Banadi Jodi, a movie that I really love and uh, actually have grown to love even more over the last, you know, 12 years or so. And, um, but, you know, she had, I think the next movie after that was Badmash Company, a movie that I thought was, like, cute, but, like, it just seemed very minor. So I'm thinking Anushka Sharma, like, she's in this, like, you know, this is her third movie with YRF, or third or fourth movie, like, she's fulfilled a contract and she won't have much success after. And Ranveer Singh, I remember just, I, you know, I, 
I wish I could say that I had that moment that you had where I was like, oh, this is the star. But, like, I didn't. I really was so unimpressed with this movie in the trailer because um, it just didn't look that interesting. And I remember that being, like, I guess I was, um, I remember that being the um, the sort of sentiment around this movie is that, like, it won't be that successful. You're going to have a lead pair that's not tested. You know, Manish Sharma, the director, is, like, new and... Um, and this movie, I think, like, I remember deciding to go see it because it was probably at a time where I just saw every indie movie that played in New York City, um, just because like, I liked going to them. And I remember seeing this movie and being like, oh, wow, this is, you know, this is, like, much, much different than what I thought it was going to be and just a absolutely smash movie. And I remember just, like buying it almost as soon as you know the dvd came out and just like i've watched it so I many i watched it so many times in college and and since then um and you know i really uh feel like this movie just like uh really just like took off and oh you know one thing i didn't want to mention is like i did not know that ranveer singh was part of the you know anil kapoor family <laughs> You know, yeah, he's uh, he's sort no of a second tier relative. He's I think Anil's wife's cousin, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, something like that. Because I remember I remember finding that out when um, I think when Bayfikre came out, I was like, oh, you know, Sonal Kapoor might have been a good actor for the Vani Kapoor role in Bayfikre, and then somehow finding out that like that would never have happened because they're she's related to Ranveer Singh. <laughs> And yeah, I that was six whole, years or so after. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, I had a whole, like, several years of, like, like selfishly sort of feeling terrible that Sonam and Ranveer were related. Because I always yeah. thought they'd be, like, a really fabulous pair on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always say that there are certain movies that should have been made, that, that the directors should have just sort of had a sixth sense and waited to make until Ranveer came on, on the scene, like, uh, especially like Delhi Six and Ravanan. Uh, yeah. Ravanan, which of course came out, Ravan, the Hindi version, which came out the same year as right, Bad Bajabara, right. if I remember correctly. So like there were certain films where I was like, I wish they'd waited till Ranveer was a star for to make those films with him. And I always wanted, you know, Sonam opposite him, but of course that wouldn't have happened. But yeah. yeah, Ranveer, it's so interesting because we didn't know for the longest time uh, that, you know, he came from a good deal of money. You know, this was something that like all the kind of like blind items and like, you know, the sort of like the gossips on India forums and things like that were talking about eventually. But yeah. at first we were like, who is this boy? I think there were some rumors of his, um, you know, uh, family. It was like a pay to play thing for him and so on. But then, of course, the film came out and everyone was like, no, the kid's talented. So. Yeah, clearly, yeah. Uh, you know, they cast him for a reason. Apparently, he'd been, you know, sort of hanging out and doing AD work with, uh, you know, the Yashraj set. He'd done like a little thing in Paris with Shah Ali and Aditi Rao Hydri. Um, so he'd been part of that scene for a while. And, you know, and then this movie happened. And I think it really took people by surprise because um, it was such a... It really felt like a redux or like, you know, sort of uh, of that Shah Rukh Khan moment, you know, where yeah. all of these stars uh, said no to the films Shah Rukh said yes to, especially Dar and Bazigar. And so a star was born. Like, you know, there was, a, you know, uh, Shah Rukh Khan talks about it. Karan Johar talks about it, actually, in Luck by Chance. You know, you open the door a little bit and a star comes in, you know. And yeah. that's what happened with Ban Baja Bharat because apparently it was first offered to Ranbir Kapoor. And Ranbir talks about how the one film he regrets saying no to uh, is Ban Baja Bharat on Coffee with Karan because he said no to that film and it made a star and probably the most significant uh, male star actor of his generation came out of that film. This unlikely kind of small film, Yashraj's fortunes at the time were fairly uneven. You know, they'd have like their one big tent pole marquee hit and then they'd have a few flops and, you know, they were sort of trying to figure their thing out and they were trying to make these kind of in-house directors, um, you know, work on these projects that weren't always taking off. And even the follow-up to... Um, uh, Ban Baja Bharat, Ladies versus Ricky Bell didn't do as well as uh, Ban Baja Bharat, but this film kind of like just struck a chord in every possible way. It was this unlikely little film that could, you know? Yeah. And it really, as you said, uh, uh, fr from Manish to Habib Faisal, who wrote the film, uh, to uh, Ranbir Singh, 
who became a star i think immediately but it took it took everyone else a little while to catch up with him i think it took till ramleela for the nation and for the hindi film audience to figure him out and for the industry to figure him out um and you know with anushka as well like we talked about the fact that she really had a spectacular debut in rabne banadi jodi which is also one of my favorite uh, you know uh, later kind of like more recent shahrukh khan films yeah. um, because i think it's one of the most interesting films about stardom and persona like the construction of persona um, so i love that film and i could talk about that all day but this is this is not about that <laughs> and she she had these sort of minor films i think that was also a period in uh, hindi films when heroines uh, you know if you came in the early 2000s you'd get stuck doing bobby deol films right. no matter yeah. who you were if you came in as a heroine and that period in the late 2000s you would get stuck doing akshay kumar films you know so you know dipika did house full anushka did uh, patiala house uh, Patiala House. So you'd get stuck playing these fairly inconsequential roles in Akshay Kumar films, um, and then Badmash Company wasn't terribly good. That was also a Yashraj film, and this film really kind of there were no expectations attached to it. I don't think anyone expected it to be this kind of sleeper hit. And the other thing about Band Baja Barat is that a lot of Bollywood films right after that, because The Bang came out that year, became opening weekend films. These were films that were meant to make a hundred crore within their first. week and then kind of fizzle out uh, but banbaja barat was a film that people watched and rewatched they watched it on tv they got it on dvd once it got on streaming they watched it again so i think um, you know it was very similar to the other big romcom right before it in 2007 jab we met uh, where i think it has enormous rewatch value and it has really become a classic after its uh, time in the theaters uh, you know sort of expired i think people discovered it and rediscovered it in the 10 years since it's come out and it's you know become a bigger deal than it was when it first released in the theaters in your opinion what is it about this movie that makes it so rewatchable is it just it just has this like magical x factor or like I mean, because i think on paper this movie is so you know it's 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 almost very standard you know two people start a you know wedding planning business they fall in love they you know ups and downs relationships and then they, you know it's so like you know i don't want to say it's cookie cutter because it's not but like this i think on paper this movie doesn't look so impressive but so what is it about it that just makes it click with so many people over the last decade i think it's a perfect film you mm-hmm. know or as close to that as possible and it's a perfect rom-com Yeah. You know, um I think it has a setting that's fully realized. You you immediately have a sense of the college setting of the Delhi that they're trying to tell this story about. Um you know, um the this the places, you know, Janakpuri like that, the leap they want to make from Janakpuri to Sainik Farms. Those ideas, those settings, those milieus So you don't have to have lived in uh, Delhi or in India even to understand exactly what they're talking about, uh, what that aspiration, uh, aspirationality looks like for them. You know, we all have that. We're all trying to get somewhere. You know, and what we really want, I think, so many of us is a partner uh, who uh, who can sort of. be on that journey as we sort of hustle and sort of climb our way there you know and fight our way there i think a lot of us a lot of us i think of that generation you know whether it's millennials or gen zers i think what we're trying to find is that one person whom we can get through um all of that difficult stuff with all of the work with because mm-hmm. most of our life happens to be about work i think because that's the way uh, modern life is structured you know blame it on late capitalism etc etc but in that film it makes work look so joyous you know it's like a place where love happens and right. uh, dreams happen and romance happens you know it takes those things those fairly gaudy markers of like the big fat uh, you know desi wedding and uh, transforms them into this idea of what um, what you can do together if you really want something if you're really passionate about it and if you find that one perfect person to do it with you know that person with whom working is fun you know uh, eating bread pakoras is fun right. uh, hanging out is fun like dancing drunkenly is fun like someone who makes the drudgery of life fun i think that's what a lot of us are looking for it's very different from 
the idea of something like uh, you know Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge or these other sort of big uh, romantic films of the previous decade many of them that came out of uh, the Yash uh, Raj stable where you know you're looking for the big grand love i think Bandwaja Bharat is saying no we're looking for that everyday love the the person who makes the cup of chai at the end of the day fun to drink you know right. uh, the person who makes going to work fun and uh, it's so relatable to all of us and it it's realized in such a in such a delightful fully fleshed out unfussy untwee way like it's so matter of fact like the writing uh, on every level is so so good mm-hmm. um and it just it's i i just love this film so much i think uh, like one of the films i'd compare it to in a sense is uh, working girl you know yeah, another absolutely. film that yeah another film that gives you a sense of a world uh and a world of ambitions and of class aspirations and of like what you know like these dreams of upward mobility and all of that but is also a fairy tale you know uh, it somehow finds that fairy tale and locates that fairy tale in a very real world and ban baja bara does that too it is a fairy tale because you know we have this big production number at the end where you know these two are doing a shahrukh khan number like they're stepping in for shahrukh khan and yeah. you know all of this and the business takes off and so on and then they get you know uh, just as the business is falling apart and they're sort of you know really struggling in comes this super rich dude who offers them this wedding so it is a fairy tale but the particularities the specifics are so tangible they're so well realized they're so detailed uh, that that the film has flesh impact you know like you really do feel like you can reach out and touch the characters touch the world smell the ladoos um and i think that's what it is Yeah, I mean I can I have to echo everything you're saying. Um I love that this movie is like it's it's a movie about ambition as you say and a movie about people who have dreams and also have the you know the guts, the wherewithal, the you know drive to fulfill their dreams and as you were saying earlier like so many movies about New Delhi are um very much in that upper class, you know, high society thing and you know a lot i mean a movie like aisha is very much a satire of that but having a movie like this where you have people who are like you know middle class or you know they're just so young and hungry and they just want to like prove themselves it makes the characters you know instantly endearing and compelling to watch because they have a lot to prove and they have the um the you know the the motivation to follow follow their dreams and um it's like I love that I I love the progression of their of their business because it goes from these like small kind of almost like backyard weddings that are like where they're like oh we can make mistakes because it's our uncle and auntie and they'll forgive us and then we can learn from that and then kind of keep moving up but they also have such a like strong center of like a strong sense of conviction and that like they want to keep hiring the same people to work with them they don't want to do anything dishonest you know they just want to be the best at what they're doing and they're also good at like like you know um the reason why they're such good partners is because you know uh Ranveer Singh's character Bittu is so good at the people part of it you know he's so charming he does his research he knows how to work a room he's a good salesman mm-hmm. and Shruti for her part is just good at the logistics she's good at planning the stuff she's good at um this like execution so like they have such a good partnership and you know uh you like this is a rise and fall and rise movie right like the first half of the movie they're rising they're getting their start they're, everything's going perfectly and then they have their fall and they they come back up you know it's that fairy tale element of like you know there are so many um like it, it goes to its peak and then it falls a little and they go back up and um like it's so it's so funny it's so funny because like as i'm watching this movie for the first time 10 years ago i remember exactly being like oh no i know what's coming right in the second half they're going to fight they're going to like you know all this drama is going to happen but the way that they constructed is so uh natural and organic and authentic it's not manufactured at all and the like the um like they're not like what i love about the romance of this movie is that they're not like excessively flirty and stuff 
even if as they're falling in love in the first half of the movie, like you don't even like it's you don't even notice it because it's so subtle and they don't even know that they're falling in love with each other. And, um, you know, and then when they sleep together at the intermission point, like that scene after that, like when when they're in there, so like when they're celebrating their like first big wedding, it goes on so long and it's so gradual. And I always forget how gradual that is. You know, first they're like dancing with all their vendors and they're drinking and stuff. And then it's just like the night just like goes on and on. And finally they start, you know, kissing and and they fall into bed. And it's just like, it's almost shocking that they're like, you know, acting on these feelings. And then uh, I remember being like, okay, like how are they going to play this romance, right? Like who's going to be the one to catch feelings? And um, I always find it, I, I think it's absolutely fascinating that, you know, Anushka Sharma is the one that catches feelings. Cause, and it makes total sense because she's the one that says, you know, not to mix, you know, romance with business. Of course, she has to be the one. But I find that to be, so, like, I still think that's a bold choice to have her be the one that gets rejected. Because I, I, I feel like in romantic comedies, it's usually the guy that has to be the one that, like, puts his, you know hard on the line and he's the one that has to kind of win over the girl I don't know does that does that reflect your experience with romantic comedies that like this one feels unique because like it puts her in that vulnerable position I think it feels it feels unique because it makes that particular character vulnerable in that particular way and I think like them reacting to that like I think him being thrown off by her making herself so vulnerable when she's been you know she's been the rock she's been so no nonsense she shuts down his flirting right at the outset you know because he's sort of into her right from the beginning he like thinks she's hot you know he's trying to get with her and she's not about it she's like I'm going to do this business and then I'm going to get into an arranged marriage that my parents are going to set up for me you know and I think for him you know, I think the funny thing is, when I think about the film, these these two are children. I think that's the other thing. They're so ambitious and they become so successful. But when I think about it, they're like, what, 22, 21, 22, yeah, when all yeah. of this starts? So they're children. They're like barely out of like childhood. And they're, they're doing all of this. And, you know, they get hardened in certain ways and very kind of good at making all of those things happen. But that moment reminds you how much uh, like of that like childlikeness is left in them because she wants him to understand without saying anything. Right. And he he's like, you know, without asking anything, he's like trying to push her away so it's like it's like a, it's it's a classic sort of like miscommunication thing which right. is sort of a trope in so many rom-coms like yeah. people just not understanding each other but you you get it why these two would miscommunicate in the in that way they're not adults you know they're not yeah. fully formed adults they don't know how to talk to each other yet they have to earn that and when at the end he gives her that speech you know like nothing is fun without you they've earned that you right. know they've suffered they've they've been without each other they've been miserable work's not been fun you know she's been trying to make this relationship work that's not you know that's not really that's not really work that's not really it for her and i think like that big romantic moment is then earned because we've seen them grow up we've seen them sort of be these enfant terribles you know these kind of like uh, wonderkins in this business and then sort of take that fall you know uh, have their mistakes pointed out by the adults around them you know they work with these grown-up sort of vendors experienced veteran vendors who point out to them that what you're doing is not working and I think it feels so earned the big epiphany at the end feels so earned and a lot of other rom-coms you look at people and you're like y'all are grown-ups you should know better but with this one you grow with you know you you really witness these two kids sort of growing up and growing into each other's lives and i I feel like like you know this movie takes the emotions so like not self-seriously but just seriously enough you know like um like what I think one of the best scenes in the movie is um when uh like after after the interval and you know um basically that's like when when Veer Singh is saying like oh thank god you know you're not like you haven't caught feelings it was a mistake and all that and just like Adushka Sharma just like has just like 
all these things just on her face. And it's like she's giving, like, two different performances, right? Like, one to us as we, like, know, like, everything she's feeling. And just so you can, like, literally see her heart breaking in real time. And then a performance to him of being, like, totally cool and about it. But there's these little glimpses of her, like, vulnerability. And, um... So you can see that, like, I totally agree with you. Like, their miscommunication, it feels so... Because they're just so young. It's, like, the first time they've had these experiences. And... uh, But this movie also just, like, takes this situation so earnestly and authentically. And it feels so... So lived in that when it gets to sort of the end and, you know, there's a big gesture and all that. It feels, as you say, so earned because it's, like you're on this journey with his characters and you've been a part of you've seen every part of you know this emotional journey that they're on and so it doesn't feel forced i feel like a lot of romantic comedies they they really gloss over the emotional part right you know they want to be funny they want to be romantic they want to have all that you know they want to be like clever and stuff but um, they really just skip over like actually digging into these characters in a meaningful way, and I think Ben Bajabai really does, and I think that's a lot of the reason why it has such longevity over the last decade. <laughs> to the film it's a Yashraj film and I feel like Yashraj unfairly sort of gets a bad rap for making films that are very like you know very very glossy uh, which you know I think some of those films are glossy and they're wonderful for being glossy but uh, I think Banbaja Bharat and a, and a few of the films they've made uh, are, yeah. are really kind of they have like a certain emotional rawness to them um, you know the moment uh, when she kicks him out of the business that's smart like yeah. she's she's being horrible like it's it it you feel it you feel the bite in in those scenes you know yeah. um, there's there's nothing you know sort of like polite or there's nothing kind of like um kind of uh, glossed over or like whitewashed about it it's it's a mean scene you know you really feel it they're going at it you know they're going at each other in this way and um and you buy that because these are the characters. You know, at the end of the day, they're not they're not people who'd who'd sort of be very kind of like sort of put put a good face on. They'd they'd that the bile that we see feels so real and that's why it hurts. I've watched the film countless times and in those scenes I still you know, I have that like cringe you know I cringe when I watch those scenes because they feel so real they hurt like I'm hurting for him and I'm hurting for her you know Uh, which is why because like once the audience is in there and is invested in that way and has been you know has been on that emotional journey I think the ending you really get that catharsis you know like when they kiss again and you know they're they're in it together and I think you're as excited for the fact that they're together romantically and you're equally excited for the fact that the business is back on track like right. <laughs> you really get you really get to root for Shadi Mubarak in this in this yeah. film like it's not it's not like um ancillary it's not like a secondary to them Shadi Mubarak is like this character in the film that we root for that we right. want uh to succeed you know uh, and I think that's a triumph of the film because I don't think films usually get you to root for like the business that we see in them you know like they're they're the setting they're the milieu they're the world but I think the world is built with so much love and care yeah. in Banpaja Bharat that you really kind of you're like wait no I want Shadi Mubarak to go back on track you know yeah exactly and I think because um, I think because the romance is so tied to the business right and not and not in a way that's like um, cheesy or anything but just the fact that like because they both bring so much to the work that they're doing and they both have such passion for it and they're so 
you know, like they're so good as partners, not just romantic partners, but like business partners and as friends too. They have such a chemistry and, you know, like when, you know, in the beginning of the movie, when they're working for uh, Chanda Lamba, who is the, you know, kind of famous named, named, uh, famous um, uh, wedding planner. And they're both like, they're both like, as, negotiating with her to like be a part of her team just to get some training or, or practice and or experience and you know she says like I only have the money to pay for one you know intern or employee or whatever and you know he says you know well you can pay her and get me for free and it's you feel that already they have such a camaraderie and he's so loyal to her and she notices that and feels that loyalty back to him and it's so just they just have this like instant you know loyalty and instant camaraderie together because they uh, it's just so it just something sparks in them and i really don't think that you know her alone would have been successful because he has that like people pleaser angle. yeah he's a hustler he's a hustler know? exactly and you know he of course has no direction until he meets her and she he gets that direction from him and they it, it's really great because like they both come from opposite ends of that spectrum you know he's really good at hustling but has no drive and she's all drive but has no you know hustling yeah thing. Like and they just they meet in the middle she's kind of abrasive yeah, yeah she's, she's kind of abrasive yeah uh, she's very good she's very ethical you know she doesn't want stolen electricity yeah. you know she doesn't want to scam anyone like with with the wedding you know when she's working with Chanda Narang or Chanda like the fancy posh wedding planner she's like you know she she's like why 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 are you scamming me and then the person points out that she's the one who's scamming you we paid all this money and so on so she's very very idealistic while he's a scammer you know so he's he's very much like a character who like I think a I think we're a generation that finds scammers fascinating, and uh, which is why Bitu is so much fun to watch uh, because he's that scammer. You know, he's always trying to find the jugar. You know, he's always like on his hustle. Um, yeah. So I think they complement each other so well because she has no people skills. She's blunt. She's you know she's out there. She's just going to say what she thinks, and he is very good at managing people. He's very good at schmoozing, and yeah. I think that's why they work so well. To together you know uh, the other interesting thing i think about the film is class right like i think the film is a fascinating film about class because these are two middle class as i said they're like squarely from that hindi medium middle class which is a very different thing from you know uh, the middle class that we see in something like uh, um you know i don't know um like dharma movies for instance right oh and um they, they both have very different class aspirations. He wants to make the weddings posh, you know? He wants the weddings to read as um, uh, sort of um, Tony and sort of ritzy. He wants them to be sort of high society, you know? Um, he wants to move away from this kind of like Haryanvi boy that couldn't pronounce business, you know? Right, right. Like he, he doesn't want to be that, he doesn't want to be that guy anymore. And she is very she understands very clearly that that's their USP, that's their unique selling point. The fact that they have this heart and they they have this kind of like the jhatak quality is the word they use in the film. They want that filmy jhatak quality. That's what the clients want from them. So in, even in that sense, they balance each other out because their aspirations kind of meet somewhere in the middle. And yeah. so you uh, keep the business going, like where she's trying to build steadily, but he's the one with ambition where he's like oh no we need to get into the into the scenic farms market you know so um they just complement each other in so many ways even in the ways that they clash they kind of push each other to grow and i think that's what makes for um protagonists that you root for in a romantic comedy because in a romantic comedy you need to root for the protagonists you need to root for them to end up together and yeah. you root for these people because they grow with each other and they grow toward each other even though they're very very different people at the beginning of the film you know they annoy each other in various ways but because they have this because they grow toward each other because they figure out how to be around each other and be in each other's lives it's so satisfying to watch because that's what real life is like that's what falling in love uh, making friends you know working with other people in real life is like and the film really captures that yeah 
I, exactly. I, I think you really, really hit the, the nail on the head there because there's just something so, um, so earnest about these characters and so grounded and, you know, seeing the sort of class, like class clashes, you know, in the movie. And especially when you think about like how, um, rich people, like wealthy people are so obsessed with, with like, um, like, uh, with, with like kind of that like lo, like middle class like low class like aesthetic you know they want that like that dumdumaka of like a neighborhood wedding but at the cost of you know the elite and stuff and um so they have that as their yeah exactly as you're saying their selling point because like they can do that um at you know they can do that in a way that's not like condescending or garish or gauche or you know um they do that because they like that's just their personality and that's the kind of event that they will produce um a, a, an offer so i you know i really i'm glad you brought up the class part of it because it's something that i really thought about you know this time around uh especially in the way that you know bidu is um tries to uh talk to i think one of the earlier clients you know in very like broken english and He's so insistent on, like, trying to, you know, act like he's, you know, very upper class in a way that almost backfires on him. But because he's so earnest about it, it, like, works in his favor. Um, And it's just so, like, you just... It's like, um, you know, we've seen so many movies that take place in that, like, Delhi high society. And they're all... Most of them have wedding scenes in them. And you just, like, think about, like who are the people that are, like, making these weddings happen? And it's, you know... And here, with this movie, you really see that work at play, and I think that that's partly what makes it so irresistible to watch, is that you're seeing, you know, the behind-the-scenes part of these very elaborate, extravagant weddings um, in a way that makes you feel like you're part of the... You're part of it, you know? Not just that you're watching it to enjoy it, but that you're, like, a guest at the wedding. Yeah, I mean, it's also funny. It's also fun, right? Because it's meta in a way. The the reason, uh, you know, the big fat North Indian wedding became a thing is because of Yashraj movies, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, because of like the the 90s films, you know, the you know a certain kind of sangeet choreographed dances, Dharma and Yashraj like really ushered that in, yeah. and then for them to sort of go and uh, you know do the behind the scenes in a way uh, in this film is is meta in this really fun way, and then they did. Um, I think Yashraj at the same time, they did a TV show called Shadi.com or something, um, which was about like, you know, or Rishta.com maybe, but it was it was uh, like sort of about, uh, you know, an online kind of uh, portal that like a matchmaking portal. So I think it's so interesting that Yashraj um, is is really sort of fascinated by its own cultural impact because... Uh, yeah. Ramni Banati Jodi, which we talked about, is about a similar thing. It's about the impact of the Raj Rahul persona that was created inside of Yashraj, you know, was created by Yash and Aditya Chopra and uh, Karan Johar and Dharma. And Karan Johar, of course, is a Yashraj protege. Uh, so that's that's sort of fascinating to me as well and adds this kind of like frisson of like uh, meta texture to it yeah, um, yeah. that I enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, as you know, and many people who follow me, I am a Yes Raj, you know, stan. <laughs> like, I, because I, I agree with you. I think they get a really bad rep, even among people that I, I really respect. I think they just kind of sort of write off Yes Raj as, you know, glossy, fluffy, you know, surface level entertainment. And then, like, anything interesting that Yes Raj movies do, I think still get kind of shrugged off as, like, something accidental. You know, it's like, oh, this movie is problematic because, like, they just, you know, they weren't thinking when they wrote it. But I actually feel like a lot of the best YRF movies, you know, including a movie I really love, Hamtum, is, you know, I think a, pre- a predecessor for Band Baja Bharat um, a couple of years earlier. It's like, I think they're really hitting at things that are really interesting about relationships and about romance and about, you know, the, the um, you know, the, the class conflicts there, the, the emotional thing there. All the, I think all this stuff is so... Interesting. I think the reason why Yash Raj gets romance so well is that none of these movies, or none of their best movies, let's say, are very like typical boy meets girl whatever movies. I think they actually really dig deep into sort of like sociological parts of 
you know, courtship in movies with a very meta, you know, aesthetic. I, I agree. You know, I do, um, I do want to talk about the look of this movie because I think that's another reason why this, like, this movie feels very fresh in its visual design, even for a movie that's 10 years old. And I know a lot of movies that came out around this time that feel so dated. But I think this movie... Um, really feels modern. And I really want to give a shout out to the editor, Namrata Rao, who has gone on to have such a beautiful career, you know, um, and has worked with, you know, many great directors, has done a lot of really cool things in her in her filmmaking work. But I think this movie just has such a, like, bouncy energy to it and also um, uses the um, editing in a really fascinating way. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, the song Ada Ishk, you know, which is like the big love song of the movie, is I like I every time I I've, I remember like watching that movie song over and over again, just marveling at what it's doing on a like narrative and thematic level. So this song is a love song that takes place in two different you know planes of existence. <laughs> One is <laughs> this like dream thing where, you know, Anushka Sharma is happy and in love with Ranveer Singh, and they're this, like, beautiful couple. It's all very, you know, your typical YRF kind of romantic filmmaking. And then in reality, you know, she, you can, in the, in, and then there's also this, like, reality part of it where he, as you were saying earlier, like, he's doing everything he can to distance himself from her, and she's not reading the signals at all in a way that's painfully relatable. <laughs> you know, where you're just like have you're in a relationship with someone in your mind and you just don't see the signs that they're giving you. Um, and then, in a in a way that's crushing, right? Both of those worlds collide, where she's thinking she's having this like beautiful cinematic romantic moment, and he rejects her in a way that's it just clicks for her and. That the editing of that song is so beautiful because it, um, it just really takes you back and forth in terms of you know this sort of like fantasy world and this reality world, in a way that like just you just know you're being set up for heartbreak. You know, there's no way the song ends and he's in love with her at the end of it, right? It's you just know it's just being set up for this crushing moment, and it's such a like beautiful way of showing like the interiority of two different characters who are on two having two different conversations with each other and i just like i I really feel like um i really wish that like bollywood movies would use their songs in similar ways because i think songs get um i I just don't think people like i feel like a lot of filmmakers really um don't milk the, the musical part of Bollywood filmmaking to to their advantage all the time. And I think Ada Ishk is a like, perfect example of how to really move the story forward in a visual way uh, and yeah. on an emotional level. Yeah, I think like the film does such a good job of folding in the needs of yeah. like, you know, a certain kind of Bollywood movie, like the demands like the uh, of a certain kind of Bollywood movie, a mainstream Bollywood movie into it in really clever, witty ways. Like mm-hmm. um, the Evie Evie song, which is like the most famous song from the film. And it's, it's a huge hit. It's it's a it's a song that now plays at all shadis. Um, I've danced to it at many weddings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's so fun that that's when they realize what like what their USP is, what their selling point is as, uh, you know, a company, uh, as a wedding planning company. They're like, we are the selling. Our personalities, us dancing and singing is what gets people hype about these weddings. You know, it's going to get people hype about these weddings. And then, you know, we get that montage of them dancing at all of these, you know, weddings. Um, and, you know, sort of all of uh, having fun, you know, and that the joyousness of the Bollywood song and dance sequence uh, becomes like uh, their sort of marketing ploy, you know. Yeah. And that's very clever, too, to fold that into their company, into the work that they do is done in such a clever way. And then, of course, the Dum Dum Must song, which is less kind of homespun and it's a little less like realistic, but it's still so cathartic to watch because you have these two gorgeous young stars um, who are dancing and like it's it's choreographed beautifully. I think Vebhavi Merchant did the choreography and it's just so yeah. fun to watch that you don't mind that it's not hyper-realistic, you know? Uh, like the rest of the film has a sort of down-to-earthness to it, but that allows for that moment of like 
pure Bollywood catharsis uh, that, you know, I embrace it every time. Like, you know, I, every time that I see them, like, ex executing the choreography, you know, Ranbir getting on his knees and all of it, like the light show. Um, it's just so fun for me to watch, you know, the yeah. way they create the songs and dances. The Bari Barsi song towards the beginning of the film, oh, which is yeah. like, you know, like a typical uh, Punjabi Shadi sort of folk song. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she like does like fun things with the lyrics, you know. So it's so fun to watch and it gives us a sense of this girl's joie de vivre without like making her, I think like Anushka in the early part of her career got this bad rap as sort of like this bubbly North Indian kind of pretty Zinta knockout. And right. I think this film really allowed her to like demarcate like what she was doing, that she was sort of a less stereotypically feminine kind of soft heroine. She was going to be sort of more unfussy, more no-nonsense, but still have that joie de vivre of like, you know, the Bollywood heroine. And I think that song really was yeah. a showreel for her. So I think the film could consistently does really clever things with like Bollywood tropes like the song and dance sequence yeah. and finds like joy and sweetness and freshness in all of it. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about Anushka Sharma, like really, um, reminded me of like, she's such a, um, modern actress. Like I feel like a lot of her roles are, I don't know if I'm like, maybe not always progressive, but always, um, like she, I don't think she hardly ever plays, you know, that sort of like damsel type role that I think a lot of, even now in 2020, a lot of actresses have to do just to, you know, make money, I guess. And um, I, this this movie, I feel so modern in terms of its like depiction of like sexual relationships and that I, I, I remember thinking like, I've never seen a movie where there's like a... Um, maybe not never, but I feel like it's so rare to see a movie where there's like a you know one night stand and there's like no shame around the actual like sex part of it. And, you know, her parents aren't like, hey, why didn't you come home last night? And like you know, there's there's just so like it's so natural that like the conflict that comes from the sex is just the relationship part of it, not the like you know. There's no like over. There's no like melodrama over you know, the sex itself, right? It's just, like, it all steers from the fact that, like, their relationship changed in a way that is, that they have to deal with. And I feel like, I love that, you know, um, that she's so, like, Shruti is so, like, um, she's so, she's ambitious, but, you know, she also, like, uh, I think she balances that, like, ambitious kind of career girl Bollywood trope of, like, I don't want to get married, I want to work, but also being like, hey, you know, I understand I have these obligations to my family, and, you know, as as she's talking about her fiancé, you can just totally tell that she doesn't believe a word she's saying. <laughs> and it's just so, like, and I just, like, I mean, I really, I, I really admire Nishka Sharma in so many ways, and I think this last, you know, decade that she's been a movie star, like, she, I really cannot think of a movie where I felt disappointed by her performance or by the kinds of roles that she's pursuing both as a producer and as, a, as an actor. So, um, I really, yeah. I think this movie does so many interesting things with its characters and it's such a fascinating, it's just a, a really good time capsule of, you know, of, of an era in the YRF canon and its influence is un, undeniable, really. I mean, there was a movie like two years ago that felt like such a banbaja about a hangover. It was um, something about groom kidnapping or something. I, I, I don't think I ever saw it, but I remember watching the trailer being like, okay, so they watched banbaja about Good job. <laughs> it was the one with Siddharth Malhotra and uh, Pariniti Chopra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, then I think right after Banbaja Bharat came out, they released a film uh, about, a, you know, Shadi videographer called Bittu Boss. Like, it literally had, uh, you know, his name from the film. Uh, so it really oh, is influential. And I think, like, as you said, it's also path-breaking, right? Like, I think in, in very quiet ways. Uh, yeah. Because you get this kind of very kind of, like, uh, uh, West Delhi kind of, you know, setting, but at the same time, we see uh, Anushka, like, without 
it, it being remarked upon, she's bunking uh, with uh, Ranbir throughout the film. You know, Bitu yeah. is sleeping um, in. Um, uh, uh, Bitu and Shruti are sleeping together in that like room above their office because it just makes sense. They're just going to get to work right in the morning. They work till late at night. They yeah. watch these movies together. They fall asleep together. She knows that he has this parade of girls coming in and out. You know, uh, they're making chai <laughs> together. The parents also are like they understand. You know, it's not this idea that you know, hi, you know, Samaj kya kahega? What will the people say? Right, it's like, right. like we trust our daughter. We respect her choices. We understand what she's doing, which is so nice to see because I think that. Um, kind of family and that kind of milieu is often portrayed in the most kind of reductively stereotypical ways in these films uh, for yeah. instance uh, you know something like uh, that film uh, where Karthik Aryan and Kriti Sanon live in together and then they have to pretend to be married um, you know it's like yeah I never saw it but yeah I know what you're talking about yeah so I think like it doesn't go to those sort of like, you know, hapless kind of screwball places. It's like, this is their life. This is what they're doing. The people, they're building their career together and they're figuring it out. And, uh, you know, but they still, they still like you and I, you know, like her, like one of the things that impresses her about Bitu is that he's really nice to her dad you know uh, and that's like such a sort of classic desi girl trope that i want a guy who's nice to my parents you yeah know? <laughs> um, so those little little things woven in that you know they're they're i think yashraj really gets post-liberalization india it gets the fantasies it gets the desires it gets the aspirations and it gets the anxieties you know uh, whether it's through the logos that are worn in dilto pagal hair whether it's through the you know i'm gonna take you from your house with your dad's consent in dilwale dulhaniya le jayenge or yeah. whether it's something like dam laga ke haisha or band baja bharat right like i think it gets post-liberalization india um in its best films in a way that uh not a lot of, uh, you know, sort of movie studios can claim, you know, it it does have a finger on, uh, you know, the zeitgeist, you know, on the pulse of of the youth, especially of younger people when it gets it right. And I think in Ban Baja Bharat, like they got everyone got it spectacularly right. That's a, a great place. And do you have any other like final thoughts on the film? Any last, you know, favorite moments or anything you wanted to bring up before we finish up here? Yeah, I think my my last thought would be I think it's also it also gave us my favorite post uh, SRK Kajol uh, pair Anushka yeah. and uh, Ranveer go on to went on to do two other films together and they're fabulous together in both those films they have a lot of sexual heat together mm-hmm. on screen I think the the kiss in Banbaja Bharat is uh, one of my favorite on screen movie kisses and uh, it's on Prime if people haven't watched it they should watch it they should find it and watch it yes absolutely um, and I just want to echo everything you're saying I it's a wonderful perfect movie as you said earlier um, I really like I really don't know of anyone that does not like this movie on some level um it just you know it just has this energy to it it's so colorful it's so authentic um performances the music the filmmaking it's just everyone is just working on the top it's just one of those like magical movies where everyone is doing the absolute best work that they can do and just you know it's uh, 10 years old and honestly i feel like this is a movie that's going to go down as one of the classics of you know the the 2010s Um, so where can people find you online, Sal? Like, what are you um, working on these days? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter, you know, head empty, no thoughts, but like really, really <laughs> uh, random musings on all sorts of things. Uh, I'm at Sal and the Bad Fun um, on Twitter. And uh, I've written a good bit. Like I, there's links to my writing on my Twitter if anyone's interested in reading any of it. So come talk to me about movies, uh, biryani, whatever it is that you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much, Manish, for having me on your a lovely lovely podcast to talk about this lovely lovely film it was just it was such a good time oh no thank you so much for doing this i have been wanting to have you on the podcast for so long and i've been wanting to talk about this movie for so long and this seemed like the perfect the perfect match um so thank you so much for coming and if you're not following sal it's a big mistake on your part she's the best um, you can find me on twitter at the manish 89 and also follow the podcast at it to you 
Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so people can um, find it as well. And um, yeah, if you have not seen Band of Bob, it is streaming on Amazon Prime. Although I, my streaming did not have subtitles. Um, it did not have subtitles. Um, I believe it is also available like for rental, which I'm sure has subtitles. So um, it is available there, but it is worth finding because it is an absolute gem of a film. And Sal, again, thank you so, so much for coming on. And to listeners, um, thanks so much for listening. See you next time.